electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are mixed. Uh, stocks may try to reclaim a little bit after those reports of Capital gains taxes startled the markets yesterday. Plenty of earnings to watch on a busy week. Uh, watching J&J's decision, of course, and Bitcoin below 50K. Our roadmap begins with those tax fears. Stocks are set for a muted open after concerns about a capital gains tax hike did fuel that sell-off. Plus, crypto crumble over $200 billion has been wiped out of the cryptocurrency market in a day as Bitcoin plunges below 50000 and we are keeping a close eye on shares of Intel. They're moving a bit lower ahead of the open. The chipmaker providing a lighter than expected full year sales forecast, despite raising its outlook from prior guidance. Carl. All right, guys. Uh, tax uh, discussion continues this morning, Jim. A lot of people were asking yesterday what the market was doing, selling off on news that was not only on Biden's website for most of last summer, but also written about by Goldman uh, six months ago. Yeah, I was reading the Costin piece. Jeez, he's... He's very clairvoyant. This is an October piece. People have to realize that he puts out this newsletter that is widely read on Wall Street. And I, I take my cue from it. He's done such fantastic work. It's a, it's a blip. Uh, you want to buy the blip. As I said last night on Mad Money, this does not affect the companies. And I'm not Warren Buffett and never will be. You can't pretend. But the companies, David, are what we need to worry about. And companies are not... Uh, impacted by a, a raising in capital gains for 0.3 percent of the people. No, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, they're more focused on the possibility of raising uh, the corporate tax to 28 exactly. percent, which that is part does of paying for the infrastructure plan that has been put forward. Um, but when it comes to capital gains, that's not the issue. The issue right. becomes is does it in some way put the brakes on people's willingness to invest overall, Jim? Well, look, I mean, what are they going to do with it? It is uh, I'm not going to say it's devastating because it's it's never been this high if they get its way. But I right. just think but that we have to say this is this isn't going to pass. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we, we've got to remember that this is about the House Ways and Means. Right. Committee. I think Richard Neal runs it. And that's where a lot of this debate is going to take place. There's not an expectation you're going to get much of any support on the Republican side. But that's not really where the fight's going to be. It's going to be more amongst the. Uh, more progressive Democrats and the more moderate Democrats. I mean, hearing Josh Gottheimer this morning on Squawk Box, for example, somebody who's in favor of repealing the cap on uh, the SALT deduction, for example. So there's going to be a lot of different um, uh, viewpoints on this from the Democratic side, which will get all mixed in. And we'll see if we end up with anything that moves substantially higher or whether there are some offsets as well in terms of at least some of the high tax states looking for a repeal of that salt tax. Right. And, and Carl, having met the president a couple of times, he's not uh, someone who pays close attention to the stock market. He also is someone who might, it's really, you know, what candidly he tells you, never really made a lot of money. Now, as the president 
it doesn't matter whether he's made money in the stock market or not. But the affinity for the stock market does matter. And, uh, the previous president, uh, he, had, um, he had more than just an affinity, Carl. He graded himself. Uh, that, that is not going to happen here. It's funny because you'd be getting an A. But uh, I, I, just, I, I just think that what's, what matters here is, is that uh, someone, our, our viewers are talking about socking the rich. And what I think is incredible, and this is something I learned when I was with Larry Kudlow, is this is most felt by people who think they're going to be millionaires. Those are the people who hate this. And there was an excellent article in the Wall Street Journal today about a couple of guys playing on Robin Hood who got wiped out. But they think they're potential millionaires. Uh, everybody on Wall Street bets is a potential millionaire. And this is true hardship for them, Carl, uh, because they are aspirational. And that's who I'm focused on. Those are the people who, who are furious about this, not the people, the point three, who just accept the fact that, ah, you know what, there's more tax. So that's who I'm focused on, the people who want to be millionaires. Yeah, yeah. Jim's referring to um, the percentage of Americans who do have adjusted gross income of a million plus and capital gains or losses. As of 2018, that number uh, was 0.3 of 1%. Works out to fewer than a half a million Americans, at least or half a million right. tax filings, certainly, Jim. Um, it does bring to mind two things. One is that Goldman, for everything you just said, uh, agrees that the we're going to end up with a number somewhere maybe in the high 20s, low 30s. But more broadly, Jim... You know, we got peak economic growth, peak positioning, fears about taxes, obvious uh, concerns about inflation, and the Bank of Canada is now officially the first to taper. So is selling May going to be for real this time? I do think that there will be, uh, if you read the Kimberly Clark release today, there is not a line that isn't just about inflation. I mean, and it's it just doesn't see it just doesn't seem as temporary as as uh, as the Fed chief wants it to be. Uh, in the meantime, there are uh, you, you. We sat with all the airlines, right? The airline companies are saying things are better. And David, I know this is going to uh, sound a little contrary to what the stock market's doing this morning, but I think American Express, the cadence there shows you, look out, spending is coming back and coming back big. Uh, so I don't know whether you uh, need additional stimulus right now. I think that you need stimulus for the people who are unemployed, mm-hmm. but not for everybody, right? Uh, shares of Amex actually looking down this morning. And that's an opportunity. And what about the prospect there? I mean, the business spending is still important for them as well. We all know teeny budgets basically well, went to zero. I mean, who's thinking, taken out their corporate card in the last year? They, first of all, the, the millennials, there was a tremendous up, uptick in millennials. Really amazing, frankly. And Amongst their card members. Yes, and they had a big increase in e-commerce. I thought it would come at the expense of regular spend. It didn't. Regular spend has held up. But most importantly, David, travel among people who have been pent up, mm-hmm. restaurants, they expect very big numbers, Q3 and Q4, David, business travel. Q4 business travel. Business travel. Yeah, I mean, coming, starting to come back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, now, everyone does mention the banks, right. be, but I think it's the softwares and the consultants. That's what I wonder more. I mean, the ba- bankers are, they're just going to start getting on planes again right. to some extent. And if you see your competitor do it, you're going to do it. Sure. As long as you're invited by the client and actually can go into the building if it requires a meeting inside somebody's right. building, where right now, it, usually it's off limits to outsiders. Yes, that's Still, really, but I think um, that's about to change. That, hopefully that will soon change. Yes. But, but you're, you're saying it's not just that, it's, it's what? In terms of, I mean, beyond bankers, well, it's, one of the it's reasons, software. Right. That I wonder more. The sales forces that's who has and those to go. kinds of 
not Salesforce, the company, the Salesforce of these companies. Well, those are face to face. You're selling a big software. I mean, I can't believe how well they're doing, given that it's just so hard to to sell something through Zoom. A very complicated, and they're doing it. But they are doing they it. They are doing so it. So why get back on a plane if you're succeeding in doing because that? The other and guys, you're saving Because the other guys get back on the plane. on margin. They, yeah. I know. I know. I, I, I keep thinking that the numbers are all inflated in corporate America because there's, the travel's down so low. Uh, so think about those companies. They have their big, they have conferences and meetings. And, and they've they done very well know. with them. Yeah. But, I mean, Salesforce had one in L.A. yesterday. Right. Uh, two days ago, where they said they're having they're having conferences. They're they're doing presentations around the, around the world in person, in person presentations, but it, it, it's staged presentations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Mark Benioff thinks it's going to help. One of the things that, Carl, that I think is so significant of American Express, the pay down of debt in this country. I think if you go back 10 years, people thought we we're profligate. People thought that we we're the worst gamblers that we that we just spend well beyond our means. Boy, is that ever over, Carl? We are now skinflints, and the pay down of debt in American Express is so significant that it actually hurt their earnings. That's we as in corporate America, not America, America. No, America, America, <laughs> Wait, America, America. Not the federal government. No, but no, no, that's not that. They're as profligate as ever. No, I'm regular Americans. Americans got it. Yeah, got it. What is Americans uh, for it's a, 500? Yeah, no, I mean, even uh, I think it was J.P. Morgan earlier in the week, Jim, said, look, uh, we think there's a lot of excess savings at the household level. And even if we're wrong, if they've used some of that money already to pay down debt or uh, buy a home or get more equity out of their home, that's going to fuel some of the strength that we saw in retail sales in the last few days. So there is that hope that that the balance sheet looks better. The balance sheet looks better. I think that the Home Depots and Lowe's, uh, remember, these are the critical weekends. Uh, Beginning this weekend, critical. It's their Christmas, and I think they're going to be jammed. I think people are going to go out. I think they're going to garden. Gardening took off last year. It was amazing. The Etsy gardening site went from zero to 60 in three weeks, basically. But now it's going to be it's going to be Lowe's and Home Depot. I think those stocks I wish would someone please split a stock periodically. But I think those are great stocks. Well, that's funny. You just think the price is too high. You'd like to see that. 320. The average person doesn't want to buy one share, Mm -hmm. but they wrecked that. That's that was for the big mutual funds that didn't want to pay. You know, if you if you made the stock thirty two, they got to pay more. Uh, they have to pay more commission. Right, right. But the individuals, they always say, "Oh, the individual can buy yeah. fractional shares." I want, I want to come back to inflation for a moment and just okay. I mean, we've had a, you see the Kimberly. A, we've had a series. That? Well, the commodity numbers. I mean, yesterday, it, it, it's pretty staggering when you look at the year over year increases in so many commodities, yeah. Jim. And then we've had a series of CEOs have come on, typically for the lower end paying jobs, restaurant workers and the likes, but who say they simply cannot find. Workers, period. Right. Um, but Jay Powell and the Fed don't seem particularly concerned. Or well, they're at least hope- they're going to hold the line. Yes. I mean, they're hoping that lumber's an aberration. Yesterday we had that amazing conversation with Jim Fitterling from Dow. Yes. Uh, there is just across the board inflation. I mean, Every single one of this. was 14% his- sequentially. That's quarter I to know. Quarter. Polly and Ethel went crazy. And he believes pricing is going to maintain that kind of level, yes, if not rise for, for a bit of time. You got you had Gelsinger on last night talking about the chip shortage. It is it's so going to go on for quite a while. It is so meaningful. Uh, we're going to talk about that more in the next block of our show. But I, I just I don't know. I, I wonder how that fits into the view of the overall market and to the 
what we expect is going to be a continued pace of increased spending by Americans. Well, why haven't companies stepped up? Why you, look, the copper companies are expanding in order to meet demand. I don't know if you, I've been talking to Cleveland Cliffs. They have to expand. A new quarter has to expand. That people aren't liking that quarter. I think that's a big mistake. I think the quarter was very good. But, uh, David, the companies have to increase supply. And that's what I think Jay Powell is betting on, that they're going to look at the prices and look at Micron. Here's a good one. Micron stock, people are saying to me, Jim, why is Micron going down? Well, people are saying that what's happened is all these semiconductor capital equipment companies have actually increased DRAM capacity. Right. So that's what Jay Powell is betting on. He's looking at the head and shoulders there and betting. No, he is betting that Micron, this little joke. He's betting that, that companies like Micron will have so much supply and demand will dry, and that stock is going to be emblematic of what's happening. I don't think he's right. I think Micron is going to do well, but I, the stock is telling me I'm wrong. PCs, Carl, PCs may be peaking right now. Yep. Right now. You know, Jim, we can talk, we can talk a lot about uh, the cost of um, corn or soybeans or used cars up 52 or existing homes up 17. But with rent uh, in this country in freefall um, and uh, and obviously wages not doing a whole lot, if you look at Atlanta, Atlanta Fed, it's going to be difficult to see some of that show up in the macro inflation data. I agree. Now, with Chipotle call, there was a terrific discussion about minimum wage and they said they could do it. No problem. But they can raise prices a little bit, two, three. Uh, percent, but uh, uh, Carl, uh, minimum wage, they're not giving them. Right now, they're not just saying, listen, we're going to give minimum wage. The only company that I think is always engaged in paying is people more is Costco. And of course, it's the greatest retail of our time, so it's kind of a uh, little counterintuitive to people. But no, people are not being paid more. I know that we said that there's a, we can't find people, but they're not getting paid more. Right. Which goes back to our that's, original that's, discussion. Jay about the tax regime and the fact that the wealthy have gotten wealthier as a result of significant gains in the stock market right. and their investments. And so the question becomes, how do you narrow that gap? Perhaps by raising cap gains, that at least... Can't we be do what Reagan did? We make the people at the bottom wealthy. Right. As opposed to making the top people poor. Are they going to really get poorer? I don't... I'm not Lenin, although well, I well, play him on TV. Well, I don't know if you're... <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, if you're a resident of the state of New York, you might like as well him. be. No, you can cross yeah. the river now. You really have to. You have yeah. to go to New Jersey. Can you believe it? Got to go back to New Jersey. Not going to help you either. You got you to gotta go far away. Can we do the show in Florida, Carl? Can no, we're not going to Carl, Florida. We would be rich, richer than Cretius. Well, then what are we going to do with it all? Who are you going to leave it to? What's happening to it all? Where's it going? Yeah, we, another we, home? Another house? How many? <laughs> When's enough? I like every house that I own. Just like I like my kids. Uh, guys, we will get to Intel, as David said, and hear what Pat Gelsinger told Jim last night on Mad Money. Also, tons of earnings to get to, including Snap and Mattel. We've covered a little AXP, but there's also Honeywell and a lot more. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Intel's an interesting story this morning. Uh, reports last or reported last night, quarterly beat, although a lot of this was pre-announced. A data center down 20. Last night on Mad Money, Pat Gelsinger did talk to Jim about the chip shortage. This is critical. It's critical for the industry, for our nation, you know, for the world. We need a more balanced supply chain. And what's happened over the last 25 years, if we go back 25 years, U.S. manufactured 37% of the semiconductors of the world. Today, that number is down to 12, right? For something that is underlying every aspect of humanity, right? Everything is going more digital and everything that's digital runs on semiconductors. This is critical. The world needs a more balanced supply chain across Asia, US, and Europe. Jim, echoing what uh, Chuck Robbins said a couple of weeks ago, and that is that at least short term, this problem is going to be with us for a while. Yes, and I think that uh, while Pat wants it very much to be uh, solved, if you take a look at where the semiconductor capital equipment, uh, where the actual equipment's going, uh, only 3% on average is going to the United States. It's mostly going to Korea and mostly going to Taiwan. So uh, that number that Pat quoted is going down. Uh, it will be under, it'll be single digit in, in really in just two years if something isn't done. Uh, Pat is leading this charge. Uh, in, if Intel wants to build foundries, I have to tell you, it's expensive. And that it, the reason why we got to this point is it's cheaper to go use fabs in South Korea and in Taiwan. And that's what I try to get Pat on that. Pat says, no, once you open, it's fine. But no, what it matters is that your big CapEx budget is, uh, David, you spend a lot of money on foundry. It's a lot easier to just send a check to Korea. And yeah. that's what we did. Right. We did it to Taiwan, and you know the Chinese don't want Taiwan to be uh, in our orb? No. Well, it's a lot closer to them. Yes. Um, I wonder about the stock itself, Jim, uh, and I give Mr. Gelsinger credit for coming on with you because you have uh, not been particularly enthusiastic about the prospects for Intel near term. You haven't been overly negative, but you have certainly favored AMD yes. uh, and, and NVIDIA. For any right. of the viewers who would who would ask you, uh, did it change your mind at all? Well, first, Pat, I've always had a great relationship with Pat from when he was at VMware. So it's the goodwill extends from how I've liked VMware for many years. Michael Dell has taught me to like VMware. Right. Big, big percent, big, big owner. But here's what I, I, I and I tried to get this in. Um, Lisa Sue has a tremendous plan. She is uh, AMD for the data center. Now, you heard that Pat said that the data center was down 20. And he's saying that they're not buying, basically, even though he has good relationship. Now, there were a series of speeches on the analyst day that, that Lisa Sue held where Amazon and Google both said that they're just flat out running. And it's been flat out for AMD. So it may be 20 percent down for Intel, but AMD can't produce enough chips. So I think that Pat has the wrong chips. They missed a cycle. 
Uh, Lisa Sue's got the net. These are things seven nanometer to five. Right. Lisa is ahead. And as much as Pat wants to be able to say that there's a glut and he's, there's the glut of the wrong chip, so to speak. So I am a believer as much as ever in what Lisa Sue's doing. But I like Pat's spirit. It's just that he inherited a bad hand. You know, he got that. I don't know if you do Rummy Cube, David, but he got a bad hand. Got it. Rummy Cube? Carl plays Rummy. Yeah, no, I've played it a couple times. Yeah. Well, you got some. How bad do you know that? Uh, we we are obsessed. Are you? It's starting to take up way too much of our weekends. Yes. We are yes. obsessed. <laughs> My wife called me last night. She told me not to bother her. She was close in Rummy Cube. We just. What? Huh? How did it happen? Who knew? I asked, yeah. I asked Mattel, oh, I, how about Rummy Cube? And he said, no, Uno. I said, please, Rummy Cube. <laughs> we will we'll get to Mattel uh, and some of those numbers when we get back after a break. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, it's time for a mad dash, of course. We also got six minutes till we get started with trading to end the week. Let's go to the wall, Jim. What's your category? I ha- <laughs> Oh, Boston it's beer. American beers for, and then you have to say no. You have to disagree with the Jeopardy strategy. Why? Okay. Why? Because Boston beer is truly T-R-U-L-Y. It's growing twice as much as the category. It's got 28% share. This is hard seltzer. And it's the fastest growth. Corona's moving in aggressively. Constellation. Uh, I talked to uh, uh, James Quincy from Coca-Cola. They've got Topo Chico hard seltzer. It's got 20% share in two weeks in Texas. So this market, the long knives are out. But my money's still on Truly and Boston Beer, which is, David, this is, this is a $15 billion company. Yeah. You know, we see these companies these days, and it's like, I thought that was a $2 billion. Yes. $15 billion. $15 billion dollar market cap, are, obviously helped by yeah. an over 200% rise in the but stock in the this. last year. But Talk it, about a split, Jim. It's from Truly. Yeah, I know. It is from Truly, and I am kind of blown away with how they, uh, a lot of people felt, there's some shorts in the name. Yeah. A lot of people felt that Truly had to peak because you've got real competitors now. Constellation. I mean, holy cow. What a Corona hearts. But truly is entrenched. And I, I am so impressed with Boston. I really am. They've done a great job. Got it. By the way, I want to throw in that. I thought Stanky did a great job. So. Yeah, we talked about that. There's nothing Stanky. whatsoever to do with Boston. No, AT&T ended the day up. Yeah, I just throw it in. Yeah. All right. We're coming back for the uh, double jeopardy round. Wait, no. I mean, the opening <laughs> bell after this. A couple of minutes for the opening bell. We do want to take stock of Bitcoin this morning. Hit a low of 47.5. That's the lowest since March 6th, Jim. Obviously concerns, I guess. Uh, some are pointing to the tax discussion from yesterday, but it's a couple hundred billion wiped out in 24 hours and down 19 percent for the week. Well, I think people just say right now it's still recognized as a currency. That can't be the case. I mean, one of the things that I don't like about the way President Biden leaked this is that I think he, he may just say through some media organization, I hope it's ours. Well, you know what? Bitcoin is a uh, it's a stock. 
uh, it's an asset, and we're going to next year we're going to tax it. And that's why I think a lot of people are, are scrambling. I don't think they'll do retroactive to Bitcoin. They could do retroactive to stocks, but I think that this, David, I genuinely believe that the president, there's no way he's not, that he is not going to find a source of revenue here and make it a capital gain. Right. We expect you get to some level. Right. Probably not in the 40s. But right now it's just a paradise for people. uh, It is very low. It has been for quite some time. And, of course, the great wealth has been accumulated by those who already have a lot of investments to begin with, which is, of course. Don't you feel like Biden doesn't like that? Yeah, kind of. Right? You do feel like that. Yeah. Did you feel that Obama didn't like it? I feel that Obama didn't like it. Not as much. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. Yeah. Carl? Um, you know, Jim, as we watched the opening uh, bell here, of course, this morning, both the NYC and the NASDAQ, I did want to start with you on something we were talking about during the break, which is not stocks, but actually bonds. Uh, because we had a brief conversation, of course, about inflation. It continues to be a key conversation in the uh, in the ongoing debates about the market. Uh, and yet we look at the 10 year and I mean, one seven, whatever may be our high. Right. For the 10 year is saying that what our discussion previous about how everything from pulp to uh, all grades of plastic to lumber uh, to copper, uh, that all of that is wrong. The bonds are saying that's all temporary and uh, you but then there are people who say to me, Jim, don't be foolish. Our rates are so high that all the money's coming from overseas. Carl, the debate about the bonds is what making people right now feel that Jay Powell is right. The, the, the yields fell enough that people feel he's got the inside track on something. I don't like to bet against mm-hmm. Jay Powell. I did in the first year when I thought he was a rookie. Uh, I know I'm afraid I, I may have heard this sounds silly, but. I happen to respect him from before he had this job and was harsh about those the, the comments he made about maybe we need a bunch of rate hikes. But I think he's so matured to this job, I don't want to bet against him. And the bonds are not betting against him, Carl. They're betting with him. Well, Jim, it sort of brings to mind a J.P. Morgan note from this morning. Their belief is that as the global reopening gets confirmed around the world, uh, we expect yields to retrace higher. And, Jim, they say um, easy equity gains for the broad market are likely behind us. Our bullish conviction is now lower. Sort of gets to the conversation we were having yesterday about the degree to which S&P enters a period of uh, churn or consolidation here. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I'm kind of in that camp. Uh, You just can't keep blowing it away. But the uh, the thing that is more positive than people realize is I have a stack of papers on on the desk here. And these are all earnings uh, and research reports. And I've got two negative. One was a critical piece by Morgan Stanley that I disagree with about about Harley Davidson saying enough is enough. I don't think that that was particularly good work. And the other was uh, Kimberly Clark. The actual Honeywell number uh, is not bad at all. Steve Tucson with a really good analysis. I said I would buy American Express with both hands. Uh, Union Pacific did not have a good number, but there's some good excuses for why it could be okay. Big uh, analysts being coming up. But I look at companies like Snap, okay? Uh, that Honeywell's a buy there. I, I, my chapel just sounds a buy. I look at a company like Snap. Now, this, when they reported, their stock was down four bucks instantly. Down four bucks. It's now is a nine point swing. Snap, the growth there is unfathomably great. You're talking about growth of what north of 60. And so, Carl, I say 66 percent snap. I mean, go find something that's working 
Or if you want to yeah. do it, go buy a Honeywell or American Express, which are on sale today, but will be uh, and probably be on sale Monday because people are, are going to be looking at these big, big names, big Dow names and say, who needs those? But those are discounts and buys because they're going to get better in the second in the uh, third quarter. But, uh, Carl, I, I see everything else is fabulous. I mean, I've got I did my what am I looking at that I do every morning, David? I do that every morning. I don't know if you look at it. Yeah, I do look at it. I send it to you on like the (laughs) olive oil that I make. Yes, I know. Um, I did 20, 21 stocks and three were negative and 18 were positive. So you might want to think that it's selling whatever. But boy, you'll be selling a lot of companies that are doing really well. And the two that are down the most today are the ones I most want to buy. No. Honeywell, which is a Steve Tusa special. And American Express. American Express is always. Squeery has got this thing down. You want to bet against travel? Well, then go sell American Express right here, Carl. Uh, meanwhile, Carl, Snap is you know, a Jim- $100 billion, almost a $100 billion market value. Wow. Uh, really pretty amazing. Um, that is amazing. That's, yeah. And as Jim said, revenue up 66, DAUs up 20 plus. That's really uh, what a story. You know, Jim, the other uh, the other story that's um, been challenged is this idea that we're entering a period of margin compression. Our producer, Robert Hum, has kept a list of companies that have posted increases in margin year on year. Philip Morris, Whirlpool, Chipotle, Mattel, uh, Horton, Dow, Pepsi and Procter. Procter. Yeah, probably the most interesting Procter uh, because they had some categories that they didn't get any deleverage in. Uh, uh, but the, I was surprised that I thought they would have. Now, one of the things that uh, uh, the Chipotle was a clinic. And what they talked about was that they could put through any price, price increase that they wanted to. Uh, Avocado is the only one that they're really worried about right now. But they're, um, the margins are extraordinary there because the sales went up a lot, but the cost stayed the same. Procter's a little different. The sales still went up, costs up a little bit. Uh, but Procter did a good job. Uh, Kimberly, no. Kimberly, not so good. And we all start thinking that Kimberly, is it diversified enough? David, in the end, they're too paper-oriented. They're too service-oriented. They really have a bad hand right now, Kimberly. And I don't want to own that stock. Okay. I don't. Uh, well, apparently, uh, there are a number of people who agree with you. But I disagree with what the market's saying about Honeywell and American Express. I know Express. you do. I know you do. But American I always, Express I always, is really good here. It's interesting to listen to you when you're negative. You would, would you want to own P&G, for example, or Colgate? That's a name we don't well, talk co- about well, as Well, Colgate's much. next, what, next Friday? Yeah. And that's going to be a dice roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, international markets gotten a little softer. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to do that. I did not, candidly, I did not care for the Procter Quarter. Right. You didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't. There's going to be better fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people don't want, want to bet against Clorox uh, in the consumer package group. Here's a look at Colgate. You know, it's funny. We don't talk that often about that company. Well, and you know why we don't? Not even new Because CEO. the company doesn't talk. No, they're quiet. I've, tried, I've been after they them for years to, have to come on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, PepsiCo had the best of this group. They had a good number. Mm-hmm. And that stock is creeping up. And I like the way it works. Well, Pepsi. All right. I don't think of PepsiCo. And, I mean, I know, broadly speaking. By right. the way, you had Nestle on as well. Wow. Nestle had 7.7% organic growth. Do you remember there was a, an activist there at one point? Yes, Mr. Loeb was his name. And uh, I think From that they're, point. they're doing quite well, but there's no uh, ADR. They never did, though, there's, get rid of the L'Oreal no steak, right? They've still got it, don't they? Yeah, but it's, you know, it's really a coffee company. Right, but they didn't monetize that the way that oh. the activist was hoping that they might. No, they, what they've really well, done is... Uh, they've done pretty much the impossible. They have boosted sales and spent a huge amount of money on sustainability. That's what they've done. Yeah. 
they t- Carl, they care more about talking about sustainability than they care about the actual numbers because they have actually gotten rid of a lot of brands they think are not good, some candy brands for you, yep. and a lot of plastic brands. I think that's fantastic. They are really yep. forward uh, about this. Nestle. Yep. Uh, Tim, Cook, Tim Cook has tweeted a lot about it this week. I saw uh, Walmart's now putting climate in some of their risk factors in their in their 8 and 10Ks. So pretty interesting evolution of the corporate commentary. You know, Jim, you're talking about companies that have sort of reset their overall cost structure, which brings us right to what Mattel told you last night. Take a listen to this. We used to think we're a toy manufacturing company. And we're now becoming a high-performing, you know, IP-driven toy company. The company is a lot leaner now. You know, we literally reduced the workforce by 35%. And in the process, grew revenue for three quarters in a row now. So uh, it's a different company. Well, 35%, Jim, yeah. he, workforce reduction. All, look, he came on, uh, what, about 18 months ago. The stock was at eight. Uh, he had what? It was at 15, 12, 11. He said, I don't want to come on. I don't want to come on. Got to 80. He came on. Uh, by the way, he's cleaning up the balance sheet. They had seven to one leverage. But here's what's interesting about him. Barbie. The Barbie numbers are extraordinary. And first you think, well, what happened? Is it some sort of nostalgia? No. He sends me a Maya Angelou Barbie. He is so in sync with the, well, I call the real America. Some people say the new America. And I love that. Carl, the he is making Barbie from iconic figures who children need to know, and they're going to be collected. Uh, it's remarkable. The thing that you owe is only one negative, Carl, and that's that Ken is so close to Medicare. Ken turned 60. <laughs> well, you can identify with that. You have any advice for him? Well, uh, ARP, A-R-P, take the, take, go for the insurance. <laughs> what they no, I don't. Advice for him. You don't but, want to tell him what he's in for the next six years? No? Pain! <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I look, Enon Christ is a, a miracle worker here because this company had been failing and failing and failing. And Uno's number one and Barbie's number one. He's turned around American Girl, which has been a very troubled franchise. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's only, only getting started here. Uh, there were people who thought he should have raised the guide more, but obviously the market loves it up 10%. David Mattel is. Some old names that he has infused new blood in, and I think it's quite He's talking IP, right? That's what they like to talk in the intellectual property. Remember, he's from the entertainment business. Yes, and that's the way they talk in the entertainment business as well. Yeah, sure, their IP. It's not their programming. Is that what Stanky talks about now at ATT? Everybody's got their IP. What's your IP? I got no IP. I, got, you know, I, I don't know what I got. What do you yeah. have for uh, what do you have for non fungible token? What do you got? Uh, I'm you know I'm working on that. I was thinking maybe some of my most famous notes. You know when I broke uh, fraud at Worldcom, I thought maybe I could make I that right. into an NFT. I think you're right. But I think this place would probably claim ownership no. of it. So I don't know that well, I can actually. Put I'm, it up going, for, on, I'm going to tell the NFT. truth about NFT, Carl, which is that if you own some, sell it. If you own some, sell it. Yeah. yeah. And try try to get a bid. I would assume, there you go. Try to get a bit. I would assume all the cryptos are coming down with Bitcoin, not just. A, it's not like having the Van Gogh flowers. How's your Doge coin doing? Doge? Yeah. I'll make a two-way market in Doge for you. <laughs> you will? Yeah. Yeah, right here. <laughs> Carl, I, I have to tell you, this is right, the most worrisome part of this entire market is NFT Doge. Because that's just fantasy. All right? You got to deal with some reality here. And I just think that yep. 
Those, I, the NFT is, I mean, there's people, the prices are being set by people. I'm always suspicious of when, when people are actually bidding things up in order to set a price. You better have a lot of money if you're going to set prices. And what do you get? If I bought that Time magazine cover, what do I get? I don't get the commercial rights. Get nothing. You, I get you, plenty of nothing. Right. But you also get the prospect that somebody else is going to come along and pay you more for it down the road. Well, there's always a fool who wants to. Well, David, billions. You can make billions, David, in NFT. Yes. Good luck. Billions. Mil- it was millions, wasn't it? No. I, but, you know, Carl, Laser. I just... I wanted to put that out because there's a lot of people who come on and talk very seriously about it. And I, I want and you know, and they I have to close my eyes to see because they have no clothes. Ooh, Bitcoin. No, we are definitely clothes. hearing wow. from a lot of the sellers, Jim. We're hearing from a lot of the sellers. We're not hearing a lot from the buyers yet. And to your point, uh, it's highly illiquid. And uh, we've yet to talk to anybody who's bought one and then sold it. So That's we'll right. see how easy it is to turn those around. I mean, I've been 20,000 for a cover. Really quickly. I know that guy Winkleman. He I, I want to well. get you on a, on a more on a more liquid name. Uh, Tesla. Uh, it's been quite a week. You had these senators write a letter over safety concerns. You had the controversy in China. Adam Jonas yesterday saying the market needs to understand the possibility that the China market overall may morph into what he called a utility run and regulated by the state. Although he did take the target up to 900 because deliveries are good. Well, uh, I think that when you look at my email, I don't know how people get my email. There's a huge percentage of, and also in my hideous mentions column and, uh, for, Tesla, for, uh, uh, for Twitter, please don't say anything negative on Tesla. That's the new rap I get. Don't say anything negative. Uh, 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 David, they're begging me not to say anything negative. Please don't say it. Wouldn't it, it well, could you please say nice things about Tesla? What is it? Like my, my daughter? Please say nice things. What is that about? How about like earnings? And, look, I, I'm a huge believer in Tesla, but I, I don't like the let's hold. Let's all hold well, hands. You're a believer overall, but you look at the market value. It's still at seven hundred billion dollars. And you can understand why there are there are at least two sides to the argument. Well, I was going back and forth with Eunice Yoon, who is unbelievable. Right. Okay, unbelievable about the time it took for the guards to try to get that woman off the roof of the Tesla. Because I felt that the, that the that I felt that the Communist Party made those you know had those people go eh, let's say not at uh, not at warp speed to get her off. Well, yeah, you need to. Yeah, and all right, what you need to give the context of the story for people. Well, who don't they, understand they were showing it. a new Tesla off, Carl, at, uh, at a festival. Yes, and a, a protester got on the top of it, and I felt that in America that protester would pull down immediately. But I found that it was an ongoing. It was a long. It was a very long clip, yep. and that woman made her point, and the party didn't stop it. The party controls everything. Yeah, that was your point yesterday, that yeah. uh, they might have given her a long leash uh, mm-hmm. to make a statement that was obviously seen around the world. Um, fascinating. Very hard to read tea leaves in China, but that one was definitely interesting. Um, guys, we're going to get some eco data. Uh, obviously, it's been a relatively light week for data overall, um, but PMI composite, and we'll get some housing at the top of the hour. Let's get to Rick Santelli a little bit early today. Hey, Rick. Yeah, you're never early, Carl. We could talk markets and we'll get to the PMI shortly. A one week of tens gives us a lot of information. We're down a bit on the day. We're down a bit on the week. We're kind of hovering at the lower end of a range 
And, and where is that range? We'll open the chart up to very early March, and you'll see we haven't closed under 153-ish since early March, and that is an important technical area that traders are paying attention to. How do we know this? Because yesterday and the day before, every time we challenged into the 150s and it looked like yields were going to go down, we'd see a whole lot of buying come in very aggressively. All right, stop the presses. Our April preliminary read on markets, PMIs, on manufacturing, 60.6. 60.6, that's a new post-COVID high. And if we look at 63.1 on services, that's also a post-COVID high. And 62.2 on the composite is also a post-COVID high. So these are all very solid numbers. They're preliminary, and they can change. My guess is if they change, they'll probably change for even higher numbers down the road. Let's get back to the charts. So we looked at a chart from May, uh, early uh, March, excuse me, and we haven't closed 10-year note yields under the low 150s, 153-ish. That's a key area. And whether it occurs today or not, we need to know where all the action will come. If you see yields start to dip Below there, look for some follow-through. Foreign exchange, not friendly for the dollar for weeks now. If you look at an early March chart of the dollar index, what should really jump out at you here is that we really have been deteriorating quite aggressively from some fairly lofty levels. And it looks to me like we're continually closing below levels that we haven't really seen since early March. And finally, where is all that buying and foreign exchange going? Well, it's going to the euro currency. There's a two-week chart of the euros. It's looking pretty good. And you might say, well, the ECB yesterday, initial knee-jerk reaction was down in rates and down in the euro. And that makes sense because they're not going to taper. They're going to keep adding stimulus in the equation. So why is that occurring? Well, it's occurring because there's always this notion that they can succeed. They're throwing more money at the issue. They're trying to change their vaccination procedures. And the market's being kind to their ultimate outcome. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick. We'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, Rick Santelli, thank you so much. So uh, a little bit of a quiet open, at least. Or you do have the Dow uh, down about 58, but S&P holding 41.43. We're back after a short break. Market, of course, has been trying to avoid having the worst week in a couple of months. Here's a look at the laggards for the S&P. Week to date include a lot of earnings names, including Intel, uh, Netflix is in there, UAL, uh, American Airlines, and some others. We'll keep an eye on that, but Altria leads the pack down 10. We're back in a minute. Get a Friday edition of Stop Trading with Jim. Yes, uh, we're looking at what some people are thinking is a zero-sum game, which is uh, between Intel and AMD. After listening to Pat Gelsinger, there are a lot of people who just say, wait a second, why are we writing off Lisa Sue? There's a chart, by the way, that would indicate that writing off Lisa Sue has been a big mistake, uh, except for the top, David, where people see a head and shoulders developing. Uh, I do personally think that when I hear that he says there's a uh, there's a, basically a glut of chips and she can't make them fast enough, there's a glut of the wrong chips. And so I, let's stop counting Lisa Sue out. She is on our show next week. And I think that we're going to hear good. My view is that we're going to hear good things. So anyway, that stock is saying we're going to hear good things. So there we go. Uh, for sure, Jim. Look at that. Stock. I mean, uh, uh, do we the, count uh, this person out? Uh, do, do you think the most interesting war right now is Intel AMD, uh, Intel NVIDIA, AMD NVIDIA? Or I don't know. Can you rank that? Uh, NVIDIA is a big challenger coming in, and uh, Jensen Wong is someone everybody's scared about because he's just so brilliant. 
Uh, the incumbent is at this point Lisa Sue and Advanced Micro, even though uh, Intel's got a big stay. They'll say, Jim, they can't, you know, please don't say that. We're much bigger than they are. It's true. But the incumbent in terms of who is buying stuff that you care about, which is the Amazons of the world, that's AMD. And then Intel, well, they've got a lot of money to spend and they do have it, but they fell behind. I don't want to bet against any of those companies, but I want to bet with Lisa Sue. And I, that's no offense to Jensen. But, Jensen Jensen's speech last a couple weeks ago was so brilliant that I, I, I read it several times. And he's on a different plane from the rest of us, Carl. There's 7 billion people on this planet, and then there's Jensen. Although you just said it. You'd actually, you're, <laughs> it's, it's Lisa Sue. When it's Lisa Sue versus him, you're taking Lisa Sue. Yes. Oof. Right now. Okay. So I, tomorrow you reserve the right to change your mind? or I, David, that's what I do. Do you ever read Twitter? I flip-flop more than uh, every president and this or that. Look, it's a fluid situation. It is. NVIDIA is, uh, they need an arm. And they're probably not going to get it. They're not going to get it. But NVIDIA, wow. Carl, betting against Jensen long-term is as bad as betting against Lisa Sue. They're both geniuses. What can uh, I say? It's fascinating, yeah. Great it's, it's an incredible Americans. corporate, corporate uh, battle. Great Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, how about tonight? Okay. Tonight, uh, this is a look at real America. We've got uh, American Electric Power, and we have Newport. And these are the companies. Uh, Nick Akins has a better handle. He's the largest, largest distrib- distributor of power in this country. So we find out whether business is good or bad. And he's also on the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then Leon runs Newcore, largest steel company. So we're going to get a look at the at the real economy, not the not the uh, non fungible economy. Carl, I have some non fungible <laughs> tokens I bought for a hundred thousand uh, dollars. They are can, can they're Campbell soup cans that uh, that were the ones that I believe that Warhol used. And I bought them for a hundred thousand. I'd like to sell them to you for a hundred and twenty thousand. They're Campbell soup cans. Let me, he looked at let me them, check, Carl. Let me check with the wife. Uh, let, well, I'll, 120000 to you. If, if Judy says it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Okay. Uh, good weekend, Jim. 6 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals... To academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.